this is clearly a corporate takeover of our regulatory agency. These, these are the words coming out of the EPA's mouth, but they're being spoken by Monsanto, Bayer, DuPont, you know, Dow, Syngenta. This is the chemical company's uh, champagne glass clinking time, and uh, they're very excited about this. But what I would like to point out is that I believe Americans should be outraged about this and take action, not only because of the EPA's failure to protect us and because they are clearly allowing the poisoning of our food, our water, our air, and our, our communities with glyphosate herbicides, but because this is an example of the decline of our democracy. You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gervais. It's Carol, and I'm the host of Food Integrity Now, and I'm also a holistic nutritionist and a life coach. At Food Integrity Now, we represent a few products as affiliates, and today's show is brought to you by Biocidin. Biocidin is a synergistic combination of botanical medicines that targets the entire GI tract and oral cavity, and it supports the microbiome's balance for healthy digestion and elimination. The botanicals also has systemic applications in microbial challenges wherever they occur. Laboratory and clinically tested for effectiveness for over 30 years. Some of the uses of the Biocidin products are for GI dysbiosis, including Candida, SIBO, Pyloria, Parasite, Lyme disease and co-infections, dental and sinus infections, mold and mycotoxins, during heavy metal chelation, and any acute or chronic infection. Also, they're great as a preventative when traveling. So check them out on our website, that's foodintegritynow.org backslash biocidin, B-I-O-C-I-D-I-N. We've also done a show with Dr. Fresco, who is the creator of these products, and you can find that on our blog. I think you're going to think these products are fantastic. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Food Integrity Now. I'm here today with Zen Honeycutt. Zen is the founding executive director of Moms Across America, which is a nonprofit national coalition of unstoppable moms. Their mission is to educate and inspire mothers and others to transform the food industry and environment, creating healthy communities together. Zen, welcome to Food Integrity Now. Thank you so much, Carol, and thank you to all your listeners. It's great to be with you. Well, I really wanted to have you on the show today because of the events of yesterday. And if you're unaware, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, has continued its glyphosate cover-up by announcing Thursday that they have finished and they have published their regulatory review and found that glyphosate is not a carcinogen. And we think... Appalling. And they also said in the statement Thursday, EPA has concluded that there are no risks of concern to human health when glyphosate is used according to the label and that it is not a carcinogen. 
and we know differently, don't we? Yes, absolutely. This is this is clearly a corporate takeover of our regulatory agency. These, these are the words coming out of the EPA's mouth, but they're being spoken by Monsanto, Bayer, DuPont, you know, Dow, Syngenta. This is the chemical company's uh, champagne glass clinking time, and uh, they're very excited about this. But what I would like to point out is that I believe Americans should be outraged about this and take action, not only because of the EPA's failure to protect us and because they are clearly allowing the poisoning of our food, our water, our air, and our, our communities with glyphosate herbicides, but because this is an example of the decline of our democracy. This is, this is not how democracy works, to have a corporate corporation or a group of corporations influencing a regulatory agency that is supposed to be protecting the American people. This is an assault on our government and our democracy. And this is a time when everybody needs to really take upon themselves that it's the government, it, this current administration and many administrations before, I might add, are not protecting us. And we cannot just blatantly trust whatever the EPA, the FDA, the CDC, you know, all of them say, we must look into things, we must share them, and we must take action locally. Yeah, in a way, then, it's, it kind of is helpful for people to feel empowered because they're not going to be taken care of by the agencies that you just spoke about, or the government in general. So um, I agree with you wholeheartedly that it's going to be up to us. Yes, and that, that's an, this is another example of how, um, of how the corporations are influencing our government and our regulatory agencies, and another reason why uh, we really must take it upon ourselves to inform ourselves and our neighbors and our friends and our family. You know, this is, it's really a matter of urgency now. And so th there's eight points that I'd like to touch on at, during our conversations. I want to say I've, I've read every single word of the 36-page document from the EPA yesterday, studied it, and, um, you know, got some advice on it and, you know, things like that, got some clarification. And, uh, you know, I want to go through what this document says and what it really means, because it's not just about the fact that they did not find glyphosate to be carcinogen, carcinogenic or, you know, a risk to human health. That, that, that is the biggest failure out of this document, but there are some other points that I'd like to cover as well. Okay, great. Well, why don't you just start with some clarification for us on these different points? Great. So the first one is that they said that this is an interim decision but when they put out the email, they really said this is a final assessment, like they've come to a conclusion. And that is in the area of human health. And so like you just mentioned, they found that they, they said they thoroughly assessed, but in my summary, I take out the word thoroughly because they didn't thoroughly assess risks to humans from exposure to glyphosate from all registered uses and all routes of exposure. Um, and and you know they mistakenly identified they mistakenly did not identify any risks of concern, including cancer. And the reason why I say this, they did not thoroughly assess is because on our website on momsacrossamerica.org, we have an article called Cher the EPA caught cherry picking. A really important article. I hope that everybody will go to it and check this out because this is the crux of 
why the EPA came to their decision, which is completely different from what the International Agency for Research on Cancer came to, to their decision in 2015 that glyphosate does cause cancer, right? It's a probable human carcinogen and a definite animal carcinogen. Very important uh, distinction there. And uh, the only reason why they couldn't say definite and human carcinogen is because they weren't experimenting on humans, right? They, the experiments were on animals. Right. So, um, so I want everybody to look at that article because it, it's very important for when you're going to have discussions in the future with landscapers or neighbors that may say, well, the EPA says it's fine. It doesn't cause cancer. Well, this article shows how they came that to, to that decision. It's very extensive, but I'll summarize it by saying that uh, Charles Benbrook from um, Hygieia Analytics did very careful analysis of all of the studies that the EPA used in their review and the International Agency for Research Can on Cancer reviewed in their, in their review to come to their decisions. And um, the, the crux of it is, is that the EPA reviewed, um, I believe, a, 107 studies and 80 some, over 80 something percent of them did not find glyphosate to be carcinogenic. And surprise, surprise, these were all industry funded studies, all of yeah. them. Now, yeah. the, the I, International Agency for Research on Cancer, the IARC, they reviewed 67 studies, which were, um, per, I believe, all independent peer-reviewed studies. And over 82% of them found glyphosate to be genotoxic, which is to be carcinogenic. Now, did the EPA review any of those 67 studies that the IARC reviewed? No. So that's called cherry-picking, folks. They completely ignored the independent peer-reviewed science that the International for Agency and Research on Cancer um, used to find that glyphosate was carcinogenic and not used, reviewed, right? They just, they reviewed the independent peer-reviewed science and they found glyphosate to be carcinogenic. So that's a really important point is that the EPA made their decision based on industry-funded science only, not on independent peer-reviewed science. So that is faulty science and that's an unfounded approval of glyphosate because it is, they did not thoroughly assess. And if I had a legal degree and I could sue them right now just for that misleading statement, I would. Because uh, this, is, this is not how a scientific process should go. And I'm just a layman. I know that. You know, if you say thoroughly, that means you, you thoroughly do something. That means all, right? Right. So, um, so that's the first point I want to make about uh, you know, carcin being carcinogenic and a risk of human health. Uh, the next one is that when they say thoroughly, that's also misleading because they say in this document that they, they did not review any cumulative health impacts of glyphosate. That means long-term right, health impacts. They completely ignored those. And they did this explaining because they said that um, glyphosate was not toxic. And so their definition of toxic is different from, I would think, most of Americans. Most Americans think toxic, they just think harmful, right? Like it's going to hurt me. Well, the, the EPA's definition is that it um, kills more than 51% of the animals in the, in the study within 96 hours. So oh, they have my to, goodness. Yeah, so they, yeah, they have to die, right, within three days, um, or is that four days? I don't know, 96 hours, right? And so very right. short period of time. So if it does not do that, then the EPA said, we don't have to consider cumulative effects, which is completely insane because cumulative effects are about long-term exposure and, um, and many chemicals you know, induce long-term harm like cancer 
and endocrine disruption and you know liver and organ damage liver disease and all that and it's not there that's not a toxic you know um result it's not an immediate result it takes time for that to develop the other reason why this is faulty is because they're looking only at glyphosate so this entire review is only on glyphosate and they can feel because of semantics, right, and, and because of their policy, they can feel justified in doing that. Like We're only looking at glyphosate. The problem is, is that glyphosate is never used alone. Right. So the other, the other adjuvants, the other co-formulants can be a thousand times more toxic. So by approving glyphosate alone, they're actually rubber stamping or approving glyphosate herbicides, which include these other toxic you know, components which do cause toxic harm, right? Which do cause death to animals, um, you know, within a certain period of time. I mean, they have studies on shrimp and um, oysters and all kinds of fish that I've seen these. I've, I've done a Freedom of Information Act and seen these studies. And there is toxicity um, by glyphosate-based herbicides. Um, uh, sorry, there, uh, those studies, I'll have to get back to you a bit whether those are glyphosate or not, but there has been studies to show toxicity on those um, other co-formulants like um, uh, arsenic and heavy metals. And Seralini has a, a several studies now on the final formulation of Roundup and, um, and its toxic effects. And Michael Antonou put one out in January showing that glyphosate causes liver disease in very small amounts um, sorry, this is glyphosate herbicides, the final formulation in very small amounts. And so it is incredibly harmful. So that's that's a really important point that 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 is um, you know, it's it's having this entire it shows it highlights the entire process being faulty, right? They're approving right. one ingredient, and yet when they approve that one ingredient, they're actually improving an entire formulation of herbicides which is never approved. That final formulation never has to go through a, an approval process. So it, it's that, that is completely faulty right there. Yeah. Um, then the EPA, uh, they list in this document that the EPA did reduce the list of crop types with allowable levels of glyphosate. And I counted them up, um, the, sorry, with allowable levels of glyphosate residues it used to be about 160 were on the list, and now it's down to 15. However, the crops that they removed were likely crops that did not utilize glyphosate in the first place. You know, things like um, persimmons or, uh, let me take a look at this article, avocados, thank goodness, um, bananas, breadfruit, cactus, chamoya, custard, apple, dates, you know, um, passion fruit, all star apples, all kinds of very exotic, you know, mangoes, guavas, things like that. Though people were likely not using glyphosate on those at all anyway. So um, it, it looks like, you know, they're doing a great thing by reducing the list, but it's really kind of misleading because glyphosate was likely not be, being used on those anyway. Yeah. And the next thing is that the EPA has not responded to the EWG um, and a group of food practitioners about discontinuing the use of glyphosate on oats and wheat as a desiccant or yeah. made a determination on those residue levels. So that list of allowable levels of glyphosate residues does not include wheat or, you know, these are the restricted um, list, does not include wheat or oats right now because they're still making a decision about that. So you, your listeners, I'm sure, heard that the EWG yes. uh, 
yes, yeah, uh, sue, I don't know if it was a sue them, but they petitioned them. So um, possibly they could um, discontinue the use of glyphosate as a drying agent on oats and wheats. And that would be a very good thing because it would, it would decrease the amount of glyphosate um, exposure dramatically to our human population. However, if they still allow the desiccation of peas and beans and legumes and soy and sugar, you know, there's still a lot of other, sometimes even tea is desiccated. So, you know, there's a lot of crops that have been allowed to um, have glyphosate as a desiccant. And so that's, you know, that's not, uh, that's not ideal, right? If and I, I think we really need to impress this upon people because there's still maybe some people out there that don't realize, you know, how a desiccant is used and, you know, they think they're not, they're not getting glyphosate and, you know, because it's not a genetically modified seed, but they're using, they're spraying these fields with, uh, with the glyphosate so that the harvest all dries at the same time. It's convenient. And, you know, as we know, the glyphosate is getting into the food and then we eat the food. And, you know, that's why I think there's so much problem with gluten. You know, that's not the only problem. Yes. I just think it's important to impress upon this point. Yeah, very important. People must know that if you're not buying organic and you're eating any kind of grain, you are likely eating glyphosate because- they spray glyphosate on grains and that, that, that means, you know, barley, wheat, oats, rye. beans, legume, rye, yes, buckwheat, um, all kinds of grains that, uh, usually not ancient grains though. Usually the farmers that grow ancient grains are smart enough to, you know, not spray glyphosate as a drying agent. So, yeah. um, but, but most grains and soy and corn and sugar and, you know, all of those things that, they are likely sprayed with glyphosate um, as a drying agent and have high residue levels of glyphosate. So that means too, that these are are the types of ingredients that are most found in vegan and vegetarian foods in high levels, right? These are the the fillers for those foods and uh, especially soy and, you know, different types of white beans or black beans, right? And veggie burgers. So if you're eating vegan and vegetarian and you're not eating organic, you are likely eating the highest levels of glyphosate residues that you could out of any diet in America. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, I was in a restaurant in my area that is known to have a lot of organic products and they are now serving at their coffee bar oat milk. And I said, can I see your box of oat milk? And she goes, oh, here, it's non-GMO. And so I had to educate them. And this is, a, this is a, a place that is known for, you know, being really responsible about what they serve. And, mm-hmm. and they did not know that. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you spoke up. And that's what we need all of your listeners to do, to really talk to the store managers, to talk to the restaurant owners, and to let them know that, you know, it's, it's super important that that oat milk is organic because they are very likely spraying glyphosate as a drying agent on it. And Yeah. Uh, and oats oats are also uh, widely cross-contaminated in general. So, yes. Um, yes. but uh, oat is a really popular milk right now. All it the is. 
habits. Yeah. So just tell, you know, if you go into a place, tell them that they need to start serving organic and tell them why. Yes. And people are switching to oats, a lot of people, because they've heard about the harm that the almond farming um, yes. impact has on, on bees. And so I want to use that to sort of segue to the next point of this document from the EPA. Okay. They, did, they did admit that they need to do further assessments on the impact of glyphosate on bees. Um, so they will be doing that. And also they admitted that they need to do further assessment on the impact to endangered species, of course, which bees will become if we don't do something about this. But the Center for Biological Diversity um, did uh, sue the EPA regarding the impact of glyphosate to endangered species. And they need to have an assessment done by August of 2021. So unfortunately, mm. uh, the bad news is this, thing, this may drag out for another year and a half. Yeah. So um, that's, that's what we're looking at there. But, you know, so this decision, although they say it's the final decision, it is final as far as, you know, hum it's almost final as far as human health. They're saying it's final because of the whole carcinogenic effect and um, or cancer factor. And I believe that they're doing this primarily because of the lawsuits. Yeah, I do too. I am sure the EPA was being massively pressured to come out with a statement as soon as possible, possible that it does not cause cancer um, because of the lawsuits. And, and uh, so we're going to talk more about strategy about that. But that's, that's, so they came out with that, right? There's not like, we're final on that. But we are still assessing bees and endangered species. Now, the good news with this is that if the EPA did find glyphosate to be harmful to bees and endangered species, they could have grounds to revoke the license of glyphosate or to, you know, really severely restrict it, um, you, which would have to be extremely severe because, you know, bees and endangered species can fly through the air no matter where you spray it, you know, no matter how much. So, um, but they could do more restrictions or revoke the license of glyphosate based on the impact to bees and endangered species. And they would be doing their job, but they wouldn't be making Monsanto and Dow and DuPont Syngenta liable for human health impacts, yeah. right? So they would be saving the corporations from liability um, if, if their decision weighs in, right, on these lawsuits. Their decision may not be an overriding factor, but they wouldn't at least be contributing, right, to that decision of having the the um, corporations liable. So that's one, it's one tiny crack of hope, you know, light coming in that, that could be possible. But um, again, we'd have to hold our breath for another year or year and a half on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and because of the, the overuse of glyphosate, they actually, they actually say here um, in their document, 281 million pounds of glyphosate applied to 298 million acres annually in just an agriculture setting. So that's almost a million pounds an acre, um, uh. right? Yeah, it's like, I can't even, I can't even comprehend that. Um, so they're, they're, the overuse of this glyphosate, um, they're acknowledging is leading to weed resistance. So they have over 200 weeds, 200, I think 255 weeds that are resistant now. And um, so what they're doing about that is that in this document, they laid out um, restrictions on how much glyphosate that they can use per acre and in certain, in certain categories, right? So for just in forestry, they can use eight pounds per acre per year. 
So I don't know what that, what the impact is on the forestry industry for that, but that's eight pounds too much as far as the deer and the, you know, endangered species and the birds are concerned, right? That is, it's still too much. It's still, it's still not going to um, help, you know, the, the wildlife at all to, to reduce it even to that amount. So there is that factor. They did reduce it in order to prevent um, weed resistance. And um, also they did require additional labeling for the aquatic use. So the, the label is the law, right? As far as pesticides and herbicides are concerned. So anything that's on the label is how somebody must use it or they could become liable, right? For harm. So the wording on the label is very important and, and how they worded um, this labeling is, is really kind of sneaky. I don't want to say sneaky, but it's, they're really kind of passing the buck. What they, what they say is killing aquatic weeds can result in depletion or loss of oxygen in the water due to hazards for decomposition of dead plant material. This oxygen loss can cause fish suffocations. And then they go on to say, consult with your state regarding labeling and how it's you know, to be used. Um, but, uh, and also don't contaminate the water when cleaning your equipment or disposing of equipment. Um, you, know, you can't dump the leftover you know, herbicide into the water, which is really weird because they've just were allowed to intentionally spray glyphosate right into the water. <laughs> But they right. can't clean their equipment out in the water, like right, like it's very, very, very weird uh, wording. But you notice that they're saying killing aquatic weeds. They're not saying glyphosate can cause fish, you know, can kill fish. They're saying right. it's the killing of the weeds that they can that can then cause the loss of oxygen in the water, which then causes the fish to die. Do you see how they're very mm-hmm. careful about that? Very carefully chosen words on their part. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, but I am glad that they put something like that in there because then, you know, landowners or citizens which start seeing dead fish, they can point out to their local officials and say, look, all of these dead fish. And they can say, well, we're using EPA approved product. And they can say, well, look at the label. It says right on there that it can kill fish, right? And you used it anyway, right? Right. So um, they they that does have the 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 um, you know the land managers um, have to make that difficult decision because they have been warned on the label. So that is that's one thing. And then the last point that I want to make, and we can we can talk about some more things too, is that uh, people probably want to know you know what so what's left of this? What else is what else are they going to do? So just to recap that, that a final decision will be made after um, the decision about the desiccation of wheat and oats is made, um, also the endangered species review, and the assessment of endocrine disruption. I didn't mention that earlier, but they still are looking at endocrine disruption. So this is why I say it's not fully final on human health, because they could find glyphosate um, as, you know, as an endocrine disruptor, and that could also be a reason why glyphosate is uh, stricken from, you know, a, a usable list of, of, of chemicals for agriculture or our community. So there is still a chance, right, that um, they could find reason for that. But um, I'm, I'm not holding my breath on that, considering what they just pulled with um, ignoring all of the studies, you know, the current studies that we do have. 
It's yeah, and and I agree with what you said earlier, Zen. This this timing is really in alignment with uh, the start of um, well, that lawsuit that was just postponed. Uh, yes, the big one. Uh, yes. Hugh Grant was going to have to testify. Uh, who's the former CEO, and it was also going to be a, um, it was going to be live streamed, the trial. Right. And I know they did not want that. And oh, not, not at all. Yeah, not at would, all. He would do anything in his power to prevent him from having to take the stand and actually lie in front of the entire American public. He, he did that in front of his board. I was there three times at the board meetings and he lied directly to his board about their not being glyphosate in breast milk or in, um, in vaccines. Yeah. And, and that is not true. There's screenings that have been done that have detected glyphosate in breast milk and vaccines. And that's a fact that happened. You know, we did yeah. not make that up. It was an accredited lab that did the testing and these are screenings that actually Monsanto helped develop this methodology with this scientist. He used to work, this scientist that we did the testing with used to work at Monsanto and he broke off away from them and their practices and he had started his own lab and it was, it's a well reputed lab and the testing that uh, they did, Monsanto knows that is credible, valid testing. And, um, and, and it, you know, the, the levels may be different, right? Because it's a screening. So it's about detecting the, if it's there or not, it's not about exact accuracy on the amount, yes. but, you know, so there could be higher levels or there could be lower levels, but the problem is a methodology for testing for glyphosate is sorely lacking um, because our regulatory agencies have ignored it for the past. They've allowed it to be used for 40 years and haven't had proper methodology to detect it for 40 years. Yeah. That in itself is a major fail. Yes, it, absolutely. And now I'm, I'm very concerned since, you know, they've come out and said they found it's not a carcinogen, how that's going to affect all these lawsuits. Yes, I, I am very concerned about it because the court system could take the EPA's, you know, findings as uh, something that's important. However, um, you know, they, they also may not. There, there is the International Agency for Research on Cancer, and there is the fact that Charles Benbrook showed, you know, that the one group, you know, reviewed certain studies and the other one did not. And I think that any, you know, intelligent jury or judge is going to say, hang on a second, that's really odd. If, you know, how could they have come to the same, a di completely different conclu conclusion, or how could they come to any valid conclusion, right, with not reviewing the same documents as the International Agency for Research on Cancer? How could they completely ignore that and call that a, a, a thorough assessment? That's just a lie. <laughs> That's a lie right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, go back to the uh, Charles Benbrook studies. Um, is that uh, Heartland studies is that what's what's that? Yes, yes. But okay, he, he, that's so a, well, that's a new study. He's initiating a new study on on many many pesticides. But what he already did is on his website, Hygia Analytics, and okay. we link to we link to it on MomsAcrossAmerica.org and our blog. It's called EPA yep. Caught Cherry Picking. You can search our our yeah. uh, blog for that, and we link directly to his study, and we quote much of it in our article. 
Um, but we summarize, you know, what he said. We always try to do that for people so you don't have to read a full, you know, 37 page document like I did yesterday. You can just look at, we're going to be posting an article very, very soon, which has these summary points. And we quote what the, you know, we pull directly out of the document of what they said, but then we also explain a little bit about what does that mean? You know, what does that mean for us? Yes. Um, you know, for instance, the eight pounds per acre of forestry sounds like, you know, that's a lot less like, oh, that's a really good thing. However, the U.S. has 421,302 acres of forestry, according to, to one source that we found. So that means a market, potential market for bear, you know, and, and all of these other producers of glyphosate herbicides, of over 3.3 million pounds of glyphosate just for the lumber industry. Wow. So it's, you know, that that's still a lot of product that they have the ability to sell, right? Yeah. And, and And pollute our planet with. And that's just on the, you know, just on the forestry. That's not the agriculture. That's not our sidewalks and streets. Um, and there's, and there's also utilities. They spray glyphosate along um, railroads and, um, you know, in other, other uh, light poles and electron, you know, electric boxes and things like that. And, and the fact is they don't have to, they, they could weed whack. They could use um, vinegar based or citrus based or fatty soap, uh, soap fatty acid based herbicides. There are 10 alternatives to glyphosate that we have now on our website under action. If you go to action and click on toxin-free towns, we have a document called 10 alternatives to glyphosate. Over a hundred thousand people have visited, visited that page in, uh, I don't know, it was the past year or past six months. So, And I, I will link to that on our show page too. Right. So. Yeah. So there are plenty of alternatives. They do not have to use glyphosate herbicides. Right. They just don't. It's not the crucial tool that the farmers are saying it is. There are alternatives. It, it, do they take a little bit more work? Do, might they cost a little bit more up front? Yes, but they won't be giving people cancer in the meantime, right? Or fertility issues or liver disease or kidney you know, organ damage. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, yes. So I want to leave our listeners today with. Um, you know, I, this is, this is all the bad news, which, you know, we know that all of this is really happening and we have to deal with it. But what, what do you have to say to our listeners that might be somewhat encouraging them? And, and what would you say to them? Well, what I have to say is we really have to look at what this means for us individually. And the fact is, is that this piece of paper in the EPA statement is not going to make us want to buy glyphosate. It's not going to make us want to buy food that has glyphosate in it. It's not going to make us change our minds and have us suddenly using Roundup in our backyards. Right. We, we know what we know, and we're not going away. And that knowledge is not going away. So this does not change our resolve. This does not change our commitment. We are still committed to educating and empowering mothers and others, right, with actions and solutions that create healthy communities. And that means that that community would not use glyphosate-based herbicides or any other toxic chemical substitute that you know the landscapers or the uh, farmers would like to have that that makes their life easier, doing their job easier. We don't want. We still don't want any of those toxic chemicals. So we need to continue to be vocal about that and and point out 
you know, these types of articles like the cherry picking, uh, you know, the EPA cherry picking and um, the, the science that shows that glyphosate does call all, all of these damage. We, we need to educate other people with the truth. Yes, I've, I really agree with everything you said there. And I think it's really important that when you're having a conversation, be educated. That's why it's so important to, you know, go to Zen's site, go to my site, go to mm -hmm. other reputable sites, Responsible Technology, GMO for USA. All yes. sites have so much information, but educate yourself first so that when someone says, oh, well, the EPA says it's safe, so that you just don't come back with, oh, they're lying. You know, you need right, yes, and you can come back with, you don't have to know all the science, you could come back with one thing, like for instance, right, yeah, I understand that the EPA said it's safe, but did, did you know that they didn't review any of the 67 studies that the International Agency for Research on Cancer did, and the International Agency for Research on Cancer did find glyphosate to be carcinogenic? Yeah, yeah. So don't you find that kind of odd that they wouldn't review any of those studies? Like you just need to bring up one point that has them go, huh? You know, or did you did you know that the the EPA did not consider a study which um, actually shows that glyphosate causes liver disease? And we now have in America one out of four people with liver disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and children as young as eight years old are getting it. You know, isn't yeah. that concerning that they wouldn't consider that study? And you know, Very. so just you know, one so just one point is all you really need to have them to look into it and then just say, you know, if, if you want to know more about it, you know, Moms Across America or Food Integrity Now or, you know, Responsible Technology, they have a lot of information on um, how harmful this chemical is. And in the meantime, I really encourage you just to try an alternative, like, you know, one of our sponsors is Pulverize. It's a great, um, it's a great soap fatty acid based, totally, you know, uh, safe, a uh, weed killer if they need to use something in their backyard or they could use steam there's a steam machine there's you know if for their city or they could use mulch or you know a weed pulling you know vinegar based there's many different alternatives so right. letting them know one point about how that argument's faulty and then a place where they can go to where they can get many different alternatives you don't want to push just one because then you sound like a salesperson right but there's many right. different alternatives and they can they can pick and choose, you know, and, and we really just want to make, let them know that there are alternatives. And in the meantime, we do have on our website, a call to action to please sign a petition, this letter to bear. I, I'd like to send it um, early next week or mid next week, because there just came an article out saying that bear is considering as part of the agreement in the settlement to stop selling Roundup to individual owners. That means it would be pulled from Home Depot and Lowe's and Right, oh, all of these. Great. That would be great. That would be a step. So, if we could get a lot more people to sign this petition and we send it off uh, next week, that, that would be ideal to be able to. Okay. There. Yeah. I will. Can. I will put a link to that on on the show page as well, so people. Great. Have really, really great. To that. So, thank you, Zen, for being a guest today. I felt like this was a very important uh, topic to let people be aware of. And don't get, get discouraged, as Zen said, you know, we all have such personal power. This is not going to change what we're doing. Right. We keep going. We, we do. just keep going. And it makes it all the more important, right? If they're not right. protecting us, what you and yeah. I do, what we, how we share with our friends, 
it's, it just makes it a thousand times more important. That's what it is. Ab so just absolutely. Yep. So everybody keep sharing and uh, educate yourself. I mean, you don't need to be a scientist, but just, you know, take some time and just learn a little bit more so that you know how to intelligently respond and do it in a respectful way. Also. Yes, absolutely. We, we come, did, yeah, yeah, come from a plate. Don't make them wrong. Yep. Mm -hmm. You make them wrong, you've, you've lost them right there. Yes, they'll put their grounds, their heels in the ground, dig in and resist you. So yes, you just want to come from a place of curiosity and, you know, admit it, meaning like, I didn't know this. And in fact, you know, I, I wanted my father to use glyphosate when I was a kid, you know, to round up. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was completely safe. I totally understand why you'd think it was safe. And there's new science that I just learned about that shows this, this, and that, right. You want to come yeah. from a very humble place right? and, and uh, be respectful to people and, and you really will get a lot further and, and, Absolutely. Make, and most importantly, make a difference for them. You could prevent them from getting cancer. Absolutely. You never yeah. know who you're going to talk to that's going to spark something. So thanks yeah. for being a guest today and thank uh, you. keep up the hard work and, um, you know, we're, we're just going to keep doing this. Absolutely. Thank you, Carol. And thank you to all your listeners. It's wonderful. Appreciate thanks. it.